Are you tired of undercharging, over-delivering, and overworking? Well, I have some good news for you. I put together a free course for women web designers who want to make more money without overworking. Just go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash free course or click on the link in the show notes of this episode to get instant access. And since you love podcasts, when you sign up, you'll have the option to get the entire free course instantly in a podcast feed so that you can listen on the go. So if it feels like you've been working 24-7 but not making as much as you want, go get that free course right now at webdesigneracademy.com forward slash free course. Welcome to the Profitable Web Designer Podcast, where we're all about helping extraordinary web designers like you to stop undercharging, over-delivering, and overworking, and finally create the profitable, sustainable, and scalable web design business you've been dreaming of. I'm your host, Shannon Mattern, founder of the Web Designer Academy, where we teach the business side of running a web design business. So if you want to make a consistent full-time income as a web designer, but you're struggling with things like pricing and boundaries and mindset and marketing, and you're just tired of going it alone, well, my friend, you're in the right place. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Profitable Web Designer Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because we are going to be talking to Emma Kate of EmmaKate.co, co-host of the Designer Boss Summit and Designer Boss Podcast. And Emma Kate is your go-to WordPress educator and geeky girl next door for designers who are ready to evolve into successful web developers. Emma Kate, thank you so much for being on the show today. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about you and what you do? Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you. Firstly, thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to finally chat to you in person, I guess, as in person yeah. as we can get. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy to be on the show. So thank you. So a bit about me, uh, apart from that introduction. So yeah, I'm a graphic designer turned web designer. I have been building websites for over 10 years now and it got to a point where I was designing a lot of and building a lot of websites for other designers because they didn't know how to build WordPress websites themselves. And I had this light bulb moment from a designer friend who was like, you should teach people sort of how to do this. Like, you know, surely designers can do it themselves because I'm doing it myself. So that's where the idea of mentoring other designers and my e-courses and everything was sort of born. And so, yeah, now I I mentor and teach designers how to build WordPress websites themselves without developers. And I, yeah, also have the Designer Boss Summit that I'm really happy that you're going to be a part of. And it's all about educating designers to work smarter and not harder in their design businesses. I love that you are a graphic designer who is like, hey, I can cut out the middleman of a developer and do all of this myself and teach other people how to do it. What was the turning point for you where you decided to learn development for yourself? So at uni, I studied graphic design and we did one sort of one, maybe two subjects in web design development. But back then it was Dreamweaver and HTML and CSS. (laughs) (laughs) And um, WordPress, I think like I'd heard of WordPress, but it wasn't a thing like that we learned, like none of our teachers were talking about it or anything like that. And so the first websites I built were just like 
Dreamweaver HTML websites. You know, you didn't have to think about responsive design back then. We didn't have the iPhone, you know, like, so it was a little bit easier. And I actually really liked it. I was one of those sort of freak. There's not many of us designers who actually like a little bit of code, but I was one of them. And so that's sort of what I did for a little bit. And then I got introduced to WordPress and I started creating WordPress sites, but I realized they were just too hard for me to build myself. Like I couldn't do it. So I would outsource that to a developer. I would design the website, potentially choose a theme or something, and then the developer would sort of put it all together and everything for me. And I did that for many, many years until I discovered Divi. And Divi came along, um, yeah, and so a lot of designers use page builder WordPress page builders like Divi or Elementor or something Mm -hmm. and they're just like I call them our secret weapon because really I couldn't have a web design business without a page builder like I just I'm not someone who likes digging down into PHP like it's just not my jam I can tinker with a little bit of CSS and I like it but I'm not going into that heavy code And so using a page builder like Divi or Elementor meant that I could build pretty much the whole website myself. I didn't have to use a developer. For a while there, I was maybe using them for about 10% of the job. There might be a few things that I just couldn't figure out on my own. But apart from that, I was doing it all myself. So that was kind of like the... That was the moment in time where I was like, well, I can I can do all this and I could take on more jobs and I could feel confident that I could do it and I'm not having to rely on often very unreliable web developers who were pushing project deadlines out and yeah that awkward middleman or middlewoman between you and the like client and like it just got really stressful so yeah being able to use a page builder meant that I could sort of do it all myself and be confident in that and so that's the process that I now teach to designers is how to use a page builder like Divi or Elementor so you can build a WordPress website because there is this big stigma or, you know, myth really in the web design industry that WordPress is really hard and you need to know how to code in order to use WordPress. And so you really should be using like Squarespace or Show It or something because it's so much easier. And yeah, those tools are easy, but actually building WordPress websites with Divya Elementor is just as easy. Like once you know that tool, you don't need to know how to code. You don't need to know all this techie stuff. So yeah, that's kind of the myth I try to bust for designers and show them how they can do it themselves. I am so in alignment with this myth. And what, I'm an Elementor girl myself. And, awesome. you know, I, I same as you, I started with Dreamweaver back in the day and then fell in love with WordPress just because I'm not a designer. And I didn't even consider myself a developer because I never learned to code in a traditional way, right? Like I learned mm-hmm. how to solve business problems like by reverse engineering things and ended up writing some PHP and writing some CSS, but never like really coded anything from scratch. So for me, I always was like, well, I'm not a real developer. I'm not a real designer. And page builders, you know, for the longest time felt like cheating. And then I had a moment where I'm like, I would get clients coming to me saying, like, I hired a designer to design this. It's beautiful. We hired a developer to code it. And it's non-functional. I can't change <laughs> a thing. I can't do anything with it. Like, I need help. And so I would rebuild like hard-coded websites in page builders 
for people mm. so that they were able to actually like use them. And I did that for a long time. So we'd do a redesign where we'd keep the entire design, but we would like change out the back end. And that's when I realized like, oh, it's almost a disservice to hard code a website for a company and then they can't make changes and be nimble and move at the speed that online business moves. And so that's kind of when I had that realization of like, you know, coding from scratch has its place, but for a lot of business owners, it actually like harms their business and makes it harder for them. So I love what you're doing where you're taking you're teaching designers how to then, you know, use page builders to bring their designs to life in a really functional way for their clients. And it's just like a win-win for everybody. And developers absolutely have their place. Like not to like cut at like cut on any developers or say that they're not worthwhile, but you're really empowering like your clients and their clients. And I absolutely I, I just love that. So absolutely. I have a question for you about pricing then because I had a whole mm-hmm. lot of pricing mindset stuff where it's like it's so easy. It's so easy to just like take this design and build it in Elementor, build it in Divi or page builder of your choice. What is your thought process around pricing with designing and page builders? So I, for years, I struggled with a lot of sort of mindset, money mindset kind of blocks and thought, oh, I can only charge this much, you know, and this is only how much my clients are going to charge pay for and all that and I've realized over the years that you charge more you get better clients who respect your work and actually like respect you as an expert and kind of they're just better they're better to work with when you charge low you get those sort of lower budget clients that are really controlling and nitpicky and just turn into worse like the more I charge the more someone pays me the better the client they end up being so I I'm a big advocate for charging your worth and one awesome thing about using WordPress and page builders like um, Divian Elementor in particular like you said is that they're super easy for clients to take and edit themselves and manage their website you know, a lot of the updates and things like that themselves, which is a huge value to the client. So that was one of the reasons I actually sort of went to WordPress in the first place, even back before I had Divi or Elementor or anything, was that it it had that CMS, the content management system for the client so that they could, you know, update a team member, update their phone number, add a blog post, you know, add a new event or, you know, whatever it might be to their website and they didn't have to pay me you know, a hundred bucks an hour or whatever. I wasn't charging that much back then, but you know, whatever it is, they don't have to pay a developer to make these changes to a hard-coded website for them. They could do it themselves. And so that meant that I could charge more for these websites because they're going to save the client money and time and everything down the track. So I think we should be charging more for Divi and Elementor websites than we should be for hard-coded or harder-to-edit websites. Or <laughs> I just see your face like light up. <laughs> no, if you guys can see us, I wish you could see the video of us because I'm just like nodding like, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so I, I like totally think we should we should be charging more for that because it's giving the client a better end product. If you think about it from your point of view, if you were paying for something from like if you were going and buying a website, you would want something that you could te- like run with it, like get access and be able to make these changes. And so what I do with my websites and what I encourage all my students to do is give their client's editor access to the website, obviously not admin access if they can avoid it just so the client can't potentially break something, but also give them some training videos on how to do it or a training session. So I usually have uh, this sort of pre-recorded ones that I share with or, you know, Divi and Elemental have their own their own training videos and tutorials that you can send clients, which is great, but also recording one or two or three personalized videos showing the client their dashboard, where they'd have to go to edit things. Part of the brief that I get from a client is actually asking them, okay, what are the things you're going to need to update on a regular basis? Because every client's a bit different. Some of them might want to blog, some of them might not, some of them might get a lot of new team members all the time, like there might be different things. And so finding that out and recording some personalized videos specifically for that, and I just use Loom, it's super easy, and then the client can go do all that themselves. You'll still get clients that don't want to, that are just like, no, you just do it for me, which is great. But a lot of clients it's a great thing to give to them and they feel really empowered and just blown away when they realize how easy it is to use. I just love how you said that we should be charging more for using page builders than hard coding because of how much you're saving the client off the back end. Like that is just a whole mindset shift that you just gave every single person listening to this (laughs) who thinks that it's not good enough or it's cheating because I'm using a page builder and I didn't like write the PHP myself and then, you know, I didn't invent the coding (laughs) language and then write the templates and, and all of that. It's like, we have this mindset that like, I know a lot of listeners to this podcast think like, I don't know enough yet. I need to learn more. I need to learn more coding languages before I can charge more. And what you have said is like, actually, no, like (laughs) you're, (laughs) you're disempowering them when you're taking away their ability to, to use the site. And I would also add to that. It's like, the quicker we can get a functioning website into our clients' hands, the faster they can go reach their big goals and make money. There's an opportunity cost there to a long drawn out development process that you can shortcut when you have this design build process, like what you teach your designer clients. So I just love Mm -hmm. that you are really putting the power back into not only like the client's hands, but like your designer students' hands to like do that for their clients. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, it's it's just something that comes so naturally and easily when you discover these page builders. And like I just, all I'm doing is taking a, an awesome tool and using it for what, you know, it's a great purpose. Like it's great for us as designers to be able to pretty much bring anything to life that we so choose, which is great. We're not limited by those other themes that are quite you know, hard to sort of make things right without coding. And then on the flip side of that, it's super easy for clients as well. So they're just awesome tools. So you shared a little bit about the pivot from, you know, doing it, your like 
doing client work to then starting to teach other designers? Like, what did that look like for you when you were like, okay, I've got this thing figured out. It's working really well for me. Other people need to know this. Like, what was that journey like for you? So it kind of started, I, hmm, I'm trying to, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I think the pivotal thing that happened was I was just a solo, you know, just me working from home by myself. And I booked a seven week overseas holiday to go to the States and South America. And I was like, you know, I needed my business to run without me. So I hired a business Mm. coach and he helped me systemize everything and like map out my processes and what I do so I could have another designer run it while I was away. And that was a real eye opener of like, there's actually like a process that I can document and I can teach someone else how to do this. And this designer was a a friend of mine and she was just getting her business off the ground. She just started her own freelancing gig and she was saying how much it really helped her, you know, like now she had all these processes that she could use in her business. And then I started doing that with a couple of other designer friends. And um, one of them in particular said, you know, you're really good at this. You should be teaching people how to do this. You could teach people. And I hadn't even thought that that was like, I could earn money from that, you know, like I just didn't even consider that. But I thought, it just gave me so much joy. Like I, I loved doing it. I loved teaching other designers how to do that. And it's just, you know, stream systemizing and all that is just something that comes quite naturally to me. So yeah, that's where the sort of idea sparked. And then, yeah, I started taking on those, like I said earlier about taking on website projects for other designers and realizing like, Hey, they could, why are they paying me? They could do this. Like, you know, I, someone should teach them, I should teach them. And so that's where the idea for my first e-course, Be the Boss of WordPress, came from was teaching designers that process of building a website for a client. And so it just sort of, yeah, it just came from there. It was over a few, like probably about two years of like brewing and stuff. But, yeah, that's that's where it all sort of started. I love that. And I think one of the things that was kind of coming up for me as you were saying that is we think of ourselves as like very skilled service providers, right? Like we're, we're working with the client and we're taking, you know, everything they tell us about their needs and their business and their brand, and we're turning it into this functional design. But what we don't ever think about is like all of the intellectual property that we create in the back end of our business, or even like for a client, like our systems, our strategies, our processes, and how valuable that in and of itself is outside of like serving a client and how we can like package that up in so many different ways, whether that's a course or whether that's like a marketing strategy that we use to talk about like a signature system that we walk a client through. So there's like this kind of third layer of value that we have in our business, you know, besides like, oh, the skills that we can bring to the table and the, you know, deliverable of the website or the you know, some of the intangible value there, but like we have so much intellectual property that we create that is valuable. And I love how you are leveraging that to create some more time freedom in your business. Like, so you have your Be the Boss of WordPress program, and then you have some other courses. What other courses did you create out of that experience? Yeah, so I that was my first one and when I'd finished that I did a couple of rounds of that course and 
a lot of my graduates were like asking questions about how do I price this for a client? How do I quote on this project? Like, so a lot of students come do my first course and it's pretty much just the process of building a website. And most students do that to build their own design business website. Some of them, that's all they want to do. They just want to have a website. They know how to edit and control and that's it. Other ones are like us and they want to actually have a web design business and build websites for clients. And so they're kind of about... 50-50, the types of designers that do it. And so those ones that wanted to start building websites for clients, obviously once they learned that, they started getting requests for jobs and they're just like, I don't know how to quote on this. How do I set up a staging site? What is a staging site? How do I migrate a website? You know, what about website care plans? Like all all those kind of questions were coming in. And so uh, my next course, Web Business Boss, was actually pretty much just based on all those questions, all these questions that students were asking me, I was like, I need to build you guys another course. <laughs> so so I um, built another course and that's kind of like the level two course for um, people that sort of at that phase of their business. And so they're my two main courses and I have a few mini courses on the website as well. And I partnered with a friend of mine who's an SEO expert. She did an SEO for designers course. Yeah, so there's some other ones on there. But, yeah, my two main ones are Be the Boss and Web Business Boss, and that's sort of where my heart really lies as well. So your heart lies with, like, the business side of the web design business. like, And definitely me too. It feels like once you've kind of, like, cracked the code on that, like, you can't help but to, like, help all the other people that were struggling the way we were struggling (laughs) in the beginning. So you said that people, you know... They learn how to build the website and design and build and then and then they start getting requests. And so tell me a little bit more about I think one of the biggest sticking points I see with like beginner, not beginners, but new people who are like, okay, I have this skill and now I want to actually like make money from it and get clients and be a freelance web designer. And they're like, but how do I get clients? Like, mm. what do you tell your students and you know people like when they're at that place where they're like yes I want to do this but how do I get clients Mm -hmm. so there's there's quite a few like a lot of things you can do really (laughs) a lot of students I find if they're because most of them are designers already because I focus on helping designers a lot of them are already getting requests for websites you know and they're already outsourcing that to someone else so a lot of them already have that client base built in and those requests coming in, which is awesome. I do have quite a few though that just starting out and don't really have many clients coming in at all. So I do have like, you know, a few suggestions. One of them, which I love is to try to find a bit of a niche and market yourself that way if you can. It is hard when you're first starting out because you don't know who that niche is. You kind of need to work with a few like, good clients and bad clients to work out who you do and don't want to work with and you kind of take on everything you can get at the beginning we all do so it can be a bit hard to find a niche but if you do have some particular industry or type of client that you're passionate about then just go all out and try to target that client and you'll stand out amongst the sea of so many web designers out there who are just being generalists so i think that is a great Thing to do if you can. 
You can also niche down by style. So if you have this like really funky, playful style, then go for it. You know, like so many people want to see something that really resonates with them. So like I have some one student that's like really punk rock and that's her style and that's the kind of stuff she does, which is like awesome. And then like one is like really cutesy and kind of playful and kitty and does a lot of like, you know, kid targeted brands and you know, but it's so her, so her style. Like everyone's a little bit different. I'm a very sort of girly feminine kind of style and that's the kind of websites that I want to do. But yeah, so finding a, finding a niche is a great one. But then also just doing a bunch of things like just being helpful on social media is one that can really land you some clients when you're first starting out. Just finding even some Facebook groups if you're into Facebook where potentially clients would be hanging out and just trying to be helpful in answering any of their kind of like marketing questions or design questions or tech questions, whatever you're sort of like focusing around. I find that's a really good way to feel like you're not being sleazy and salesy and just being genuinely helpful and getting a bit of a reputation. I actually have a free little mini training on that in my Facebook group, how to get your first website clients with a bunch of tips in there. So I can give you the link for the podcast notes or something because it's, yeah, it's in there if anyone wants to watch it. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of sort of things you can do and it really depends on how much effort you want to put into actually marketing yourself or whether you just want to like test the waters and see if you can get a client or two and see if you like it. I love that. And we will definitely link up that resource in the show notes everything you said. And I think it just comes down to like telling people what you're doing. You know, it's like, oh, I'm starting a web design business. Like I'm totally into this, like this type of client. This is who I love to work with. And like, you would be surprised just by having conversations with people in your life that, you know, you like that care about you, that will be like, oh, someone at my gym was talking about needing what like you'll get connections that way, and like you said, you you have to, you may have to kiss a few frogs before you find, <laughs> before you find your ideal client. But you know, just letting people know what you're doing, and so many people have so much imposter syndrome around it. Like oh, I can't call myself a web designer. I didn't go to school for it. I didn't learn to code. You know, I can't say I'm a web designer. It's like okay, if it feels weird for you to say you're a web designer and it feels like you're a fraud and you're sweating because you feel like you're lying by saying it, just let people know. Like, hey, I'm starting to build some websites for people, and just you know, wade into it that way. And just talk about what you're doing and how you can help people. And, you know, you don't have to call yourself anything to say, I'm building websites for this type of business and I'm so excited about it. And just kind of opening up the conversation that way, like marketing doesn't have to be this whole, (laughs) like a big production. It's literally like communicating with people and telling them what you do and how you can help. And I love that. Absolutely. So I have just a couple more questions for you before we wrap up this episode. What is one thing you wish you would have known or believed in the early days of your web design business? Oh, so hands down, I think I, when I first started my business, I had an older family member, very into marketing and all that. 
very good at what he did, but very old school, you know, a lot older. And But he gave me a lot of advice, which I really wish I didn't take, which was you need to answer the phone, you know, nine to five, you need to be working nine to five, you need to be looking bigger than what you are and, you know, like you need to look like a bigger brand, all this kind of stuff. You don't want to look like just little because I was 25, I think, when I started my business, so pretty young and, you know, no one wants to hire a 25-year-old kind of thing. You want to look more experienced, all that kind of thing. And for years I had I was hiding behind this brand that just wasn't me and I felt really like a fraud. I felt like an imposter. Like I felt like I had to keep up this front that I had a big team and like, you know, all this stuff. It was really uncomfortable. And, you know, I wanted to travel the world and take time off and all this stuff. And it was a real kind of conflict of my 25-year-old self and this fancy kind of big brand that I had created. And so when I stripped all that away and just went back to Emma Patterson graphic design, you know, and that's what I was, it was just such a breath of fresh air. I could just be myself. I didn't have to put on a front. I could be a little bit girly. I didn't have to be all corporate. And then I was attracting these smaller business like clients that I wanted to work with rather than these big companies in Sydney that I didn't really want to, you know, they weren't my target market. So that is like a huge thing that I I love being able to empower. Like it gives me goosebumps because it changed how much I enjoyed my business and made it so much more worthwhile. So I really encourage designers to to just be yourself. Like there's so many designers out there. You want to be unique and what makes you unique is you. So, you know, embrace your quirkiness and your like style and, you know, what you do and don't want to do in your business. Because if you feel like you have to work nine to five and you can't be yourself, then just go work for the man. Why have your own business? Like, so you do you and you'll get better clients and you'll you'll enjoy your business more. Wow, that is so powerful. I was getting chills as you were saying that too cuz that was my early experience. I was like, I thought I had to be this corporate sanitized version of myself mm-hmm. in order to be <laughs> taken seriously. I had like the picture of me on my website like with my arms crossed and a blazer, <laughs> like wearing a necklace and earrings and I don't oh. dre- dress like that. Like I have a hoodie and my hair's barely done right now. So it's it just wasn't me. And I think I said like we specialize in and I'm yes. like, it's literally just me. So <laughs> I love that you are advocating be yourself, create the kind of business that works around your lifestyle and don't try to recreate a corporate job that you probably hated. <laughs> That's probably why you're freelancing in the first yeah. place. Ah, so, so good. So where can everybody connect with you, find you, learn more about your courses, training, summits, podcasts, all the incredible things you've created to empower designers and developers to create that, that their own life? So the best place to find me would be emmakate.co just on my website if you go there you can find out um, more about the courses but also there's a whole bunch of freebies and stuff on there like a roadmap of my process the process I go through might be the boss course it's free so you can go just click on the the free stuff tab or I don't know what I've called it there but yeah just go <laughs> find the goodies and you can download stuff for free there 
And then the pol- uh, the summit coming up, which you're going to be a awesome speaker and sponsor for, which is yes. amazing. <laughs> so that's coming up in October. So yeah, go to designerboss.co and you can get on our wait list. So we'll let you know when the tickets open. It's a free summit, 100% free. And there'll be, I think we've got over 25, maybe 26 speakers this time from all around the world, specifically talking to designers to work smarter and not harder in their businesses. So there'll be a lot of a big, broad range of topics there. And then there's my Facebook group, Designers Learning Web Dev, if you want to come hang out there and learn a little bit more about what I do and um, hang out with a whole bunch of other designers who are learning how to build WordPress websites too. Awesome. Well, we will link up all of those incredible resources in the show notes so you can get all of them there. Emma Kate, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure talking to you and getting to know you. We'll send everybody to the Designer Boss Summit so they can connect with you there. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. That's it for this week's episode. And we've linked up all of the resources we talked about today in the show notes. So you can go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash podcast to get your hands on those. And we'll be back next week with another episode designed to help you uplevel the business side of your web design business. So be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. And if you liked today's episode, we would be so grateful if you would share it with all your web designer friends. And if you're feeling extra generous, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review so we can get in front of even more web designers and help them transform their businesses and their lives. So simply scroll up on this episode in your podcast player and tap that leave a review link or go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash review and it'll take you to the right spot. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you right here next week. Bye. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.